Hey, everybody, and welcome to Say You're Sorry, the podcast where we discuss the rise and fall of your favorite or rather at least favorite celebrities. I'm your host, Katrina Rochelle, here with my best friend and fellow co-host, Jose Angel. How are you today? I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great as well. Got a lot of sleep. Yes, and we've managed to do it two weeks in a row now. Oh my gosh, are we back on track? We're back on track. <laughs> so today is a episode of your leading. Who are we talking about today? Well, I was planning to do a backstage battles episode. And you told us. You told me. <laughs> That's what you the, said to me. The theme being showrunners who got ran off their show, which is like an oxymoron to me. How are you running a show and it ran off? I like the way you think. Hey. <laughs> As I started my inquest on this, I got a bunch of names, but I thought it'd be best to begin with Dan Harmon. And I realized, well, Danny Boy, there's enough here that he gets a solo spot with a little sharing of the spotlight with Chevy Chase. Oh, okay. Double barrels. They <laughs> both suck. I'm ready. <laughs> this is kind of like a sister episode to our previous episode where we covered Justin Roiland. We mentioned Dan Harmon in our previous episode and how he co-created Rick and Morty, but his other big show was Community. Community was inspired by Dan Harmon's experience and time at Community College. The series starred Joel McHale, Yvette Nicole Brown, Donald Glover, and Chevy Chase, as well as some other people. Uh-huh. And you have said you couldn't get into it. And the more I investigate Dan Harmon, the more community falls down my list. Oh, <laughs> glad I couldn't get into it. Maybe I should never. I, I just don't find him funny. So I don't think his show would be funny, but who knows? Uh-huh. I didn't do too much prep on his early life, like our how our episodes normally flow, just because it was somewhat covered in our previous episode when it intertwined with Justin Roiland's. Okay. But I do want to say he was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which I love Milwaukee. And I oh, want that- to point I'm sorry. That was a joke. What'd you say? I said go bears. Oh, <laughs> Even I know that one. <laughs> I want to point out that he was born January 3rd, 1973, making him a Capricorn. And oh, we all no. know the truth about Capricorns. Oh, no. We haven't <laughs> had a Capricorn in such a long time. But when we do. They're okay, tw- let's not say that. <laughs> this in no way, shape or form reflects on Capricorns anywhere. Dan was the showrunner for the the first three seasons of the show Community, and the audience score of those first three seasons is pretty high, 90% or higher. Mm. The credits score was also pretty good, but not as high as that. So why would Dan Harmon be fired from Community if the audience was eating the show up? Yes. So one of the reasons was just Dan Harmon's work ethic. Dan would allegedly show up hours late, or sometimes he would just disappear for days. I'm talking, he's doing no call, no show. Damn. He must have been listening to a little bit too much of Beyonce's song, Ego, when she said, you don't need to call into work because you're the boss. (laughs) He was just feeling it. He was taking those days off, and he felt like there was no one there to check him. Man, I tell you, these people... Maybe and maybe it's just from somebody who's had to, who's had to get off their ass and work, like a but, dog. 
like a dog day in and day out. <laughs> um, but it's crazy how they grind so hard to get to the status of showrunner, to be having your own shit and, and being in charge and being number one and all that just to fucking slack off once you get to the top. Maybe that's why they do it. Yeah, but it's... It, you, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying certain people are allowed to do that while certain people cannot. And you see this man has had multiple chances to be an asshole slash fuck up and still gets his own platform, essentially. That sounds about white. He was also a perfectionist and a procrastinator, which I found out is actually common to be both. I feel that. Yeah. But these habits would cause table reads to be delayed since he was changing the scripts, which call some table reads just to be canceled or they would do all-nighters and that didn't just affect the writers and actors it also affected the people in charge of the set so many last minute changes sometimes the set would be changed the morning of shooting yeah that pissed me off (laughs) we just have a hostile work environment because everybody's pissed wondering if your ass gonna come into work today that's true and i get like um, the strip changes, but like that often, the, mm-hmm. it's just like we don't even know what's going on. Yeah, but everybody still has to come in when they're supposed to. Exactly. Also, Dan refers to himself as a ninja of alcoholism. I don't know what that means, but if it means falling to sleep on set because you drink too much, then he was living up to the name. <laughs> Silent. stoic just like a ninja and not only was he falling to sleep but some of the staff were posting the photos to tumblr on an account called sleepy Harmon. it's like one of those things like oh look at what the cast does to bomb but really it's just them low-key trying to call him out yeah (laughs) this nigga don't do nothing but sleep (laughs) (laughs) it's also alleged that some writers were saying if dan returns as showrunner they would not be returning for season four Come on, ultimatums. Another thing that might have been a factor in the firing of Dan Harmon was the fact that he did not get along with actor Chevy Chase. And apparently Chase has a history of being somewhat of a diva. Yep. Some rumors are that Chevy would walk off set if he didn't find his lines funny or understand them. I'm also, sorry, that sounds just like an old ass man. It I does. I don't understand what's going on and I'm <laughs> upset. I was reading where Dan Harmon said, like, when he gets upset, Chevy Chase, the actual person, uh-huh. that Dan Harmon just kind of found it funny and, like, kind of wrote it into the script because, it's like, where you're acting like an old man would act in this. <laughs> but I've also seen it phrased as Chevy would walk off because of the so many script changes that happened mm-hmm. earlier in the day. And on the last day of shooting, Chevy walked off, and it seems like it was what they called a no-script day. Which is, well, when they don't have a script. So, you know, they don't know what they're supposed to do. Yeah, that's crazy just having a name like that. <laughs> One of them no <laughs> I, script days. I think that's like what the actors started calling it. So he walks off and he, and this made Dan mad since he didn't record a final scene he wanted to. And at the rap party for season three, Dan Harmon makes a speech and ends it with saying, fuck you, Chevy, and encourage the crew to say it too. Oh man, why you gotta encourage? Why you can't step out on the ledge by yourself? You are mad. I ain't mad at Chevy. I know, but you do a chant. That Chevy ain't do nothing to me. Chevy about me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know for sure if the crew did or not. I believe some did, 
because Chevy's response, but not a hundred percent sure on that. Still a bitch move. Don't if we want to start in chat, we would start it ourselves. And even you know, a little more salt in the wound. This was in front of Chevy's wife and daughter, so they uh, all storm out. Uh, nah, they didn't do it right. <laughs> you got to get up on that stage. You got to start yanking mics and talking shit. <laughs> if they bold enough to start saying "fuck you, Chevy Chase," and this man, the former or the current boss, is starting to chant, I'm stomping up there. Fuck yes. you, Dad. <laughs> or I'm just screaming that from the audience. <laughs> I'm not leaving quietly. Well, Chevy would leave a voicemail for Dan. And we know that this voicemail exists because Dan had a habit of showing it to people. There is a recording of the voicemail as well. Yeah, I was about to say, didn't that bitch get out? Yes, because he was showing it to everyone, so not recorded. Man, him, Chevy and Alec Baldwin, they oh. sure know how to leave a voicemail. Yes. So Chevy opens the voicemail. Oh, with- sorry. A nasty ass, trash ass, disgusting ass Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, we we need to do a voicemail episode. Oh my gosh, rank them. Oh, good idea. So Chevy opens the voicemail with, I hope you're ready to take your medicine, you fat fuck. He then goes on to say, you can't give us a script to begin with, so nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Some of the voicemail is hard to hear because it's a recording of a recording. So it gets muffled, but he says something like, in a week or maybe we didn't get it until a week later, something like that, mm-hmm. talking about the script. And then he follows with, second of all, you've got bad writing. Shit, stinko. And then more jumble noises. Then he says, it was an abomination and your writing is getting worse and worse. So suck that talk. I don't get talked to like that by anybody. Certainly not in front of my wife and daughter. You goddamn asshole, alcoholic, fat shit. You're going to live to be about 57 if you're lucky the way you eat. Oh my I god, got- roast this nigga like a rotisserie <laughs> chicken. I got nothing to say except you can suck my cock. Is that clear? I hope you play that for everybody around you who agrees with you. And he did, like the dumbass <laughs> he is. Like the vain dumbass he is. He showed up and did play it. And okay, go off, Chevy. I know he's got that diva title, but I have to agree with him in this situation. On the last day, you're going to call me out in front of my family? No way, Jose. I'd leave a voicemail like that, too. Especially if it's not even my fault. You're calling me a diva and saying, fuck you, but it's your fault? Yeah, like, ain't nobody even confronted you on all your bad behavior for years. And you get to, and and, and I get to, uh, and I'm reacting to what's happening to me. And I'm the bad guy? Fuck you, bruh. Yeah, there's no script. I don't know how to act if there's no script. I'm going to go home. And I don't want to excuse Chevy too much. He has a history of fighting with his co-stars. And he was let go before season five for another reason. He allegedly told Donald Glover that people just find him funnier because he's black. And he would crack little small racist jokes like that in between takes. Dan would say, and this is a quote, Chevy was the first to realize how immensely gifted Donald was. And the way he expressed his jealousy was to try to throw Donald off. I remember apologizing to Donald after a particularly rough night at Chevy's non-PC verbiage, and Donald said, I don't even worry about it. Donald Glover said he felt like Chevy was past his prime. He said, quote, I just saw Chevy fighting time. A true artist has to be okay with his reign being over. I can't help him if he's thrashing in the water, but I know there's a human in there somewhere. 
he's almost too human. Mm, say that about that sensitive ass motherfucker. Throughout history, I've heard of Chevy Chase being, like you said, a diva, always being the loudest one in the room because at one point he was the highest paid in the room. So he thought he was the smartest and he was the greatest and all that. And so, yeah, where he is the older star, but he's still top build when Community was airing, I could see him taking on that opportunity and seeing this young comedian who's getting famous because Donald Glover was rising in the the comedian, the stand-up comedian ranks, he could be like, oh, I'm jealous. The best way I can do is kind of punch down at him and, you know, make jokes at his expense to make him think he's not as great as he is. Yeah, totally. I can so see that. And unfortunately, they just happen to be little racist jokes. Yeah, because low-hanging fruit. When When sometimes the wit has left you, you go for the easiest thing, which is race in this in this uh, situation. Yeah, because obviously he can't attack him for his acting if mm-hmm. it's impressive. But that's not what got Chevy fired. What got him fired was he was upset over how his character is becoming more and more bigoted. And he said at this rate, the script is going to ask him to call Donald Glover or Yvette Nicole Brown's character the N-word. Oh, but he he, act- that's what you wanted. Bro. But he actually said the word. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Oh, God. According to the actor Joel McHale, he claims that Chevy said he was given the pass to say the N-word by Richard Pryor himself. Chevy, Richard has been dead for decades. (laughs) Also, there is no such thing as a nigga pass. That is just a joke that Black people make up. He must have taken it seriously. Oh, not that he was given. And he said, first of all, you don't even believe that. Because if that was true and you believe that, you'd be using that thing freely. Or maybe you were and you, yeah, we just didn't catch you. But what you mean? We were given a pass by Richard Pryor, the main nigga in charge. <laughs> oh, is that who Richard Pryor is now? He's the main nigga in charge of passing out nigga passes. That ain't make no sense. White men are crazy. They will say whatever they they can to get up out of a situation. <laughs> An extra on the show alleges on TikTok that Yvette Nicole Brown stormed off the show and she said she wasn't coming back until that man was off the show. I mean, that tracks for how I view uh, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown. Yes, me too. She's, she's a spitfire. I follow her on Twitter and she's always going off mm-hmm. on someone. Yeah, and that's before she was really even like uh, like the way she speaks out now. So I could only imagine if it would have happened in this day and time. I didn't know that Chevy had such a rich history of problematic behavior. But just to keep the scope on Dan Harmon, we will revisit Chevy's controversies on a later date. Mm-hmm. Um, Chevy would later say he didn't think the show was funny enough for him and that it wasn't hard hitting enough. Imagine saying that after years of being on the show and accepting paychecks. Yeah, he said that this year, 2023. Oh, God. And he said he wasn't mad about getting fired by Dan. He would say, I have no idea if we're okay. I've never been not okay. He's kind of a pisser. He's angry. He called and said he was sorry. I love him now. And he said that in 2023 after saying he had not talked to Dan since 2012. So it seems to be more saying if he has a problem, that's not my problem. Yeah. You know, two assholes can forgive each other because they're assholes. So let's move on from our detour of Chevy and back to Dan. So it seems the straw that broke the camel's back 
was not the fighting with stars or being so drunk at work that you pass out or the weird hours or the constant script changes. You know, those were just par for the course. But the fact that he didn't agree where to take the story is what got him fired. Uh. Dan wanted to include a story about one of the character's fathers coming back into his life. The network was okay with the story, but they feared it was going to be too dark. And they wanted it to be funnier and happier. And Dan was not having that. He said at this point, he got into the habit of saying, fire me. Just like, if you don't like it, fire me. You don't want the story, fire me. Do it the way you want to do it. Ah, dangerous. We're playing with fire. (laughs) And that's what the studio did. They fired him. (sighs) I don't know if his ego got inflated and he thought they could not live without him. Or maybe it was just a bluff. But he got fired. Sounds like both, honestly. When you start thinking that you are the show, uh, the show isn't nothing without you. Because the thing is, is that somebody with some self-awareness would be like, I'm not in here all the time. I'm not even giving them my best work. And now I don't even have my storyline mapped out. Maybe I should sit my ass down for a little bit. (laughs) Maybe. I think the thing with him was he thought the show was doing so good that they could not get rid of him. Yeah. Basically, he just thought he was bigger than the show, but he wasn't doing his shit. So he should have basically took a step back and really looked at his environment and recalculated his bluffs. Yes. He would later say on his podcast, Carmen Town, that watching the 13 episodes of season four was like, and these are his words, flipping through Instagram and watching your girlfriend blow everyone. He also compared it to being held down and watching your family get raped on a beach. <sighs> and I can see why he was upset, but these analogies are just crazy to use. I'm trying to be edgy and funny, but it's not really funny or edgy because it's your fault that you're not there. <laughs> you fucked yeah. up. That's why she's blowing everybody. <laughs> which honestly when you're a showrunner i feel like you can kind of take a step back too like you don't even have to work that hard you really don't it's when you become over involved and you overestimate your importance that showrunners end up looking stupid and usually having to leave when either a hundred percent everybody isn't like convinced by their idea or they've just lost their work ethic which Looks like it was a little bit of both for him. He would later apologize on Twitter and make a blog post saying he didn't mean to hurt anyone that worked on the show. And he was just thinking of himself and indulged in petty feelings about being left out. And he would also apologize for the rape analogy. And season four, a lot of fans did not like. And that might be the reason Dan was asked to return for season five. And he did. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Dan at the time says he was never officially told why he was fired and then rehired. Joel McHale is the actor to reach out to ask Dan back, saying him and the other actors felt like community lost the things that made them special when Dan was fired. And Dan, for his part, seems to own everything, calling himself a rude asshole and a selfish baby. When asked why Dan was being asked back, Sony and NBC declined to comment. And it was Dan who announced he was coming back. That's weird. It is weird. It's weird that they would not, like, announce it more. Like, even if 
publications are reaching out to you, why not say we want his creative flow or something instead of just like decline to comment? Yeah, decline to comment makes it seem like like you literally only did it to make a subsection of fans happy, but you don't even know why. Because if it's for his talent, if it's for his genius, if it's for whatever he brings, say that. I mean, Jesus, y'all are the people who promote and market everything. You ain't had problems lying before. So that is weird. And I think it's weird that they only gave whoever they left in charge less than a year, one season or whatever, to put something together. And then they didn't even trust him enough to continue on with that vision. And before asking this man back who didn't really put his whole hundred percent into it. It is weird. But I feel like it just breaks down to they saw the ratings drop and they were like, We need him back in so we can get money. Yeah. Too scared. I think it's stupid. You gotta believe in yourself. Give yourself some time. Yeah, and at that point, I mean, we had the stories of him being drunk and Chevy Chase, but nothing like people would, you know, wanna cancel him for. In 2018, Dan writes on Twitter, This was truly the year of the asshole, myself included. We don't have to make 2018 the year of the mensch, but I hope it can be the year of the not as much of an asshole. Hashtag realistic goals. And Maiden, I think it's Dance. Maiden Dance, a writer, quote tweeted it and, and said, Care to be more specific? Redemption follows allocution. Mm. And he tweets out that he didn't want to name her and add narcissism to injury without her permission. He says he's filled with regret and foggy memories about abusing his power and treating her like garbage. And he wants to fix it, but doesn't know how. And he will let her call the shots on how to fix it. And she says it took her years to get over it. And she wishes there was a way to fix it. But every time she gets a compliment from a boss, she cringes, not knowing if it was genuine or would be used against her. Mm-hmm. So this is all unfolding on Twitter. Yeah, that's crazy. But Dan would go on his podcast and he would explain the situation. He said that he was had been attracted to a writer and it had cost him his job. And he wanted to be careful with his language because he knows the power and balance of him being the showrunner and she was a writer and he knew it was bad news. So now it seems like, you know, this was actually the final straw of why he got fired from Community yeah. on season three. He said at the time he had a live-in girlfriend who even questioned if he was interested in Megan, which he denied. He said people complained of his behavior, but he would turn it on them saying they are being jealous or sexist and he was just being a good mentor. Megan would tell him his behavior was making her uncomfortable on a personal and professional level. And Dan just didn't want to hear it in one ear out the other. And she would even beg him not to give her special treatment because she doesn't know if she's actually doing a good job or not. So what does Dan do after repeated repress of not being given special treatment or Maiden saying she feels uncomfortable or other people noticing it to the point that they're bringing it up to you? I'm guessing he keeps going. (laughs) Yes, he breaks up with his girlfriend to show Maiden his feelings are legitimate. And he would go on to tell her he loves her. And Maiden says the same thing she's been saying the whole time. She's not into him. And I didn't ask for that motherfucker. Can you listen? Do you hear? He does not. Mm -mm. He he said he drank and took pills and resented Maiden for humiliating him. And he realizes now he was the one who wrote her checks and decides if she stayed or went. 
but at the time he just treated her cruelly and said horrible things to her. He says he would have never treated her this way if she had been a male and if he didn't have those feelings for her. Dan says he was able to lie to himself for a while, but realizes if he had any respect for a woman, he wouldn't have done that. He wouldn't have done what he did. And he says he wasn't even looking at women as the same, but as different creatures. And the ones he liked had a special role in his life. So he's admitting, you know, everything. He's saying he was in the wrong. He's saying it was sexist. He's saying it was sexual harassment. And his statement is really long, so I'm paraphrasing, but it's it's just him owning up to it and ending it saying, please don't bother her. It was only my fault. It, it was not hers. I wonder what all made this clear to this man. Did he go into like actual therapy? I mean, I know he says about the, you know, the pills and the drinking and all that other stuff, but I can't believe that just stopping that would stop your mindset. I'm I'm thinking either this is all performance and once again you're just feeding words to uh cool public opinion or get them back on your side, or I would have hoped you've had some intense therapy about your fucked up ways of thinking and treating women and treating people that you're in charge of, period. I would too. I there has to be something. I mean, this was years later, so I don't even know. Like, he didn't have to bring it up. Like, mm-hmm. she retweeted it and said what she said, but it was like very short that like no one even paid attention to her really. Until, but you know who was paying attention? Him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he picked it out. He said, "We got. Let's talk about it." And Maiden would accept his apology, saying he's not rationalizing it or justifying his actions, but owning up to it. It offered her some peace that, you know, his acknowledgement. It made her feel like she wasn't crazy, that it actually happened. Yeah, I will say this is the best, quote-unquote, apology he has given out. This does seem the most sincere. At this point, how do we feel about this? He owned up to it. He apologized. Should he be forgiven? I feel I'm more prone to say... You know, he's forgiven. He apologized. He accepted. He admitted he was wrong publicly. Like, at this point, what more is there for him to do? If he learned something from this, should we move on? So, we should move on. But like I say with all other people, I don't think, I mean, I don't think you should get back to the position that you were at. I, not not anytime soon. I think sometimes. Okay, let let me be clear that I know this is not going to happen. The man is still who he is, but I feel like just like um, if you're at a certain position at a a, a a big company and you fuck up and you either get demote if you don't get fired you get demoted and you have to work your way up and you have to build trust again i kind of feel that way in these situations where you are showrunners where you're the head writer where you're the executive producer when you're in these powerful powerful positions and you're over a lot of people and they depend on you and they need you to do your part so that they can do their part and everything can work in a machine when you abuse the interpersonal relationships and you abuse people's time and efforts and you don't put in enough of yourself, I don't think that should be rewarded by you staying in the same position that you are or leaving and going to another place and still keeping, uh, still moving uh, up the ladder, essentially, or making lateral moves. 
but not going down. You want to see some consequences. I would like to see some consequences, some repercussions as far as you being not a good boss. I mean, you said it yourself. (laughs) You weren't a good boss. You did not put your duties first. You put your personal nature and feelings first and you 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 wrecked havoc where wherever you went essentially in in different ways whether it was your lack of work or you hyper focusing on people and fucking up their line of work i just so yeah to be clear i know it's not going to happen but when people are abusers when people do things like that i do not think they should uh rise up in the ranks yeah cuz really he was just honestly suspended for one season like he left for one season came back, Uh got to finish off his show. And in the meantime, he also created the other show, which is Rick and Morty. So if anything, he got bigger. Yeah. Which that's, I want to say forgiven, you know, but then it's like, well, is it right that he has no consequences? He he got a much needed vacation for a season. Yeah. And and it, it got to be looked at as the savior. Like, oh, it's not as good. Come back. Hopefully he did like, you know, do therapy. Hopefully he did have talks with people. Hopefully, hopefully he's not around women alone. Like, you know, they have those corporate coaches that can follow him or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Another thing that resurfaced in July of 2018 was a short pilot he made for Channel 101. Someone was going to bat for your girl Roseanne Barr. (laughs) This had to be around the Roseanne scandal, but... A user posted on the site 4chan, if they get to take scalps for someone making racist jokes, we get to take scalps for them making pedophilia jokes. And I just want to say before I describe the skit is, can we just say racist jokes and pedophilia jokes are both bad? Like, we don't have to pick one. Like, hey, we, we can put just, them both in the trash. We can condemn both of them. We don't have to be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> the the pedo jokes are gone, but the racist jokes stay. Or yeah, you have to leave, pick one. But the pedo jokes stay. Like what? <laughs> no, we can we can be upset about either one. All right, I'm ready. So the user attaches the video where Dan is doing a skit where he plays a character named Daryl, which is a parody of the show Dexter. And, you know, the show Dexter, the show about the guy being a serial killer, but he only kills killers. Uh In the skit, Dan is the title character, Daryl, who works as a therapist. He gives his patient sleeping pills so he can sneak in the window. Then it shows Dan pulling down his pants so you see his ass as he humps a baby doll. What? And the skit ends with Dan going to another therapist telling him he rapes babies and the therapist trying to kill him. But then a baby doll sees it and the therapist takes his baby doll to another therapist saying, it's worse that he saw you try to kill someone. He's going to be a killer. The only way to help him is to let him get raped. So the therapist goes back into, goes back to Dan's character, Daryl, and watches as he humps the doll. And that's how it ends. So I wish you could see the look on my face. I don't... It's such a stupid concept. The video's stupid. Um, you you just see Dan Harmon's bare ass as he humps a doll. Uh, you know what is so crazy? People thinking that's... <laughs> I can't even say it. But thinking that that's just funny. <laughs> Doing that is hilarious. That that's... Oh my gosh. I don't... Yeah. People are weird. That's how I know people are fucked up. What do you think about? 
what is inside your mind? I don't, I don't know. I what don't do you know. think about like, Oh yeah. You, he created Rick and Morty. He also created the skit. <laughs> I'll tell you, that's what they mean by ideas. Ideas like that are a dime a dozen. Cause obviously he went through a lot of shit ones. Oh, that's nasty. That's disgusting. So Dan would release a statement saying, this is in 2018, but he says, in 2009, I made a pilot which strove to parody the series Dexter and only succeeded in offending. I quickly realized the content was way too distasteful and took the video down immediately. Nobody should have to see what you saw, and for that, I sincerely apologize. Immediately? But how did it circle? I don't understand how something like that... Um... I don't. I know we say you know once it's on the internet it's forever, but something so long ago before he was even famous, he supposedly took it off the internet immediately and it resurfaced nine years later, randomly. Either I, you didn't take it off immediately, or a lot of other people had access to that video than you thought of, or they just don't really fuck with you and they really just was like, release the footage. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I it was on his website the channel 101 so maybe that's how people saw it and someone thought it was so somebody kept the video yeah that's what's weird it's the keeping of it yeah i think the thing is is obviously people thought it was bad that's why it was kept and then shown and leaked somebody obviously saw it and said oh this is disgusting he's going through a hard time right now let's dogpile on him and release this footage so i yeah i think that he's he's putting on. I think that the shit was a like that one, the Tiffany had a situation. It might've mm-hmm. got removed off that host website, but nobody was condemning it the way that they were at that time. So it, it circled the internet pretty tough. And then it just came to bite you in the ass because obviously it was just still in the zeitgeist somewhere. Yeah. And all because someone was mad about the Roseanne. So they released yeah, it. Of all things, <laughs> To release a to release a skit about is Roseanne. That's who you were protecting when you did that. That yeah, I'm telling you, the swords we fall on. <laughs> and of course, people were calling for the end of Rick and Morty. This was before all the Justin Roiland stuff came to light. And Adult Swim would release a statement saying, "At Adult Swim, we seek out and encourage creative freedom and look to push the envelope in many ways, particularly around comedy." The offensive content of Dan's 2009 video that recently surfaced demonstrates poor judgment and does not reflect the type of content we seek out. Dan recognized his mistake at the time and has apologized. He understands there is not a place for this type of content here at Adult Swim. Which, shut the fuck up, you know. They're they're, they're not letting Rick and Morty sink for nothing. We can't. That that video is bad, y'all. But this show be making us millions, so <laughs> we'll talk to the man about it. But don't do any more pedo skits. Dan would go on to delete his Twitter after the backlash, but as we can see, there is no stopping Rick and Morty. Also, Dan claimed he deleted a Twitter before, which okay, Jan, no one noticed it until after, but. You can say you did it before, you know. (laughs) As for Community, it was canceled after its fifth season on May 2014. So four years previous to the events we just talked about. Uh But Yahoo picked it up for one final season in June of 2014. And Dan Harmon said 
There is a plan to make a community movie, but the writer strike put that to a halt. They will shoot in Atlanta so they can have Donald Glover on it. Everyone besides Chevy Chase has agreed to return, but now the fear is if they can get everyone's schedules to line back up. And- no, don't line up. <laughs> that shit in the dirt. It's done. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. Fuck that shit. Fuck it. The out. only reason I would want community, and I'm not even a community fan, is because I want Yvette Nicole Brown to succeed in stuff. That's the only reason. There's some other shit, though. No, stop yeah. doing past characters. Write something new for my girl. Yeah. Let's just I'm, you super. know what's so funny? I'm saying, fuck this movie. Don't do this movie. When I know that I have certain shows where if they were going to do a movie, no matter the controversy, I'm like, please do it. Please do it. And I'm just like, <laughs> nah, fuck this. Not even being a fan. Uh-huh, I don't even watch that show. Fuck but it. Still, uh-uh. Fuck these people. Like, remove these these shitty people away from it. But then again, it wouldn't be the same. But fuck that. Yeah, um, that is our episode covering Dan Harmon, though. Do you have anything else to add? Oh, that was not long at all. Um, I don't have any... Ooh, excuse me. I said it's not long at all, and then I yawned. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have much to add or anything, really. It's just not surprising that, once again, another person in power loses control once they get a big sniff and whiff of their ass. <laughs> and maybe I'm just too like you know we've been in the game too long talking about these celebrities mm-hmm. but him having like two perfect apologies of I'm you know absolutely no one should have to see that and I was absolutely in the wrong it's like now I'm thinking you're just apolog- you just apologized good like are you being sincere I mean or who he probably has his own Olivia Pope right there writing <sighs> Who knows? The thing is, is that sometimes they don't tell you when these people have crisis managers. They That's just true. be like, oh, you're suffering. Let me let me get on. I just and they just help them out. We just need, like, Tyra to yell at all these celebrities who fail. <laughs> but that is our episode covering Dan Harmon. It goes well with our Justin Roiland episode. But we like to end every episode on a positive note with some form of media we want to talk about, recommend, explore, shit on. Who goes first? I don't know if I have a media. Oh my goodness. But I just, I noticed some of my, one of my faves going through it. And I think I know why. (laughs) Okay, that sounds interesting. Just a mini thought. Uh, it's just observation of media. It's social media. <laughs> okay. So I noticed my girl Cardi Beezy was, she, she she went off on, not a rant or whatever, but she cussed somebody out and then said she wished she could put a bullet in her head or some shit. Oh. It, yeah, it got dark. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. You know, I've been saying that Cardi B line for weeks now. Done with the talking, I'm open to violence. (laughs) I mean, you know, Cardi V's, she said it already. I mean, she's proven that she don't mind a violent route, unfortunately. But she knows those mics. She is hard as hell. I'm sorry, that (laughs) video is hilarious. She just, (laughs) I was on her side, I gotta say. I mean, I try to be on her side at all times, except for when I can't. (laughs) 
So apparently this stemmed from her playing music or something and people critiquing it, saying they didn't like it or whatever, whatever. And um, then, you know, I don't know if it was Shade or not. It probably was because it's Nikki. And then Nikki uh, the next day says, I want to write a song for someone. <laughs> I saw she said that, but I didn't understand why. But, you know, she cleans it up <laughs> and she's like, you know, it could be a rapper. It could be a singer. Blah, 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 blah. But uh, the initial tweet, I feel like maybe it'd be a, it'd be a shot. I wouldn't be mad. Take your shots when you can. Uh-huh. But I think I know why Cardi, I think... I think I know what's taking Cardi so long on releasing this album. And it's because Nikki has something or has experienced something that Cardi has not in a way. Car- uh, Cardi has had hate, but it's mostly because of past actions and videos that have come out about like things that she used to do when she was coming up on the come up and being a stripper and all this other stuff, as well as, um, some of her old colorist remarks that weren't the best and some of her old um, homophobic mar- remarks that weren't the best that obviously she's tried to apologize for. Some people forgive her. Some people don't. You just have but, this long ass list. Some people hate her because of this and this and this. No, so, uh, that's what I'm getting to, right? <laughs> what, what most of Cardi's hate comes from is a kind of m- more of personal issues, right? Nikki has experienced her quote unquote flop era. Like the times where even when she was mega successful, people were still saying she's a flop. She's not going to last. They were critiquing the way she dressed her person, her quote unquote um, rap personalities, her music and all this stuff. And it was all about the music. People just didn't like the music or they just didn't like something that was new that was taken over. But Cardi, uh, but now Nikki is more um, critiqued about personal issues, who she chose to marry, some of her views on certain issues, the way she talks, blah, 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 blah. So it's just the opposite. She's had, uh, Nikki's had such success, but she's had a lot of, um, a lot of people chime in on her music career to the point where she could put out music that's good or bad. And it doesn't matter because she has such a good fan base. They're going to love it. With Cardi, it's not the same. She has a lot of people who are fans of her, but not the music. And unfortunately, with a lot of people also not liking her and not the music, she it feels like she feels like she's going to get like uh, flopped out of this world. No matter if the music is good or not, the second album, people are going to say it's a flop. It was bad or whatever. Whereas Nikki don't got to worry about that. She's already experienced the Nikki hate train. We've already seen people lie on her saying that she was going to be out of the game in a few years. She showed her longevity and all that. Whereas Cardi just doesn't have that. She just has that one great album and she has some singles. And I think she's just scared to death that people are going to say that she's the worst rapper ever and try to solidify her name like that. And that's why she keeps lashing out and doing dumb shit and saying dumb shit instead of just putting the music out, letting it be a flop or letting it not be a flop. And then moving on to the next album because nobody cares after that. And I thought, I just thought that was interesting because I like Cardi, but sometimes I wonder, girl, you making too much money to be talking, your, talking to your, talking, uh, taking all your feelings out on social media. That is true. Sometimes she just goes crazy on there. What's your favorite Cardi song? Out of all her songs, Period, periodically. <laughs> Period. 
period. Uh, on the periodic table? On the periodic table. Uh, what is my favorite Cardi song? I know mine. <sighs> what is my favorite Cardi? Okay. For a dumb reason, and I don't think it's my favorite, but it's the only one that comes to my mind right now, but it's Press. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I pretty much know all the words to it, and it's just hilarious to me, and it's not even on any CD. <laughs> I love that song. It's either that one, you have to love Bo Rock Yellow. And, oh, yeah, of course. Um, Be Careful. But specifically the SNL performance. <laughs> Why? <laughs> have you not seen the SNL performance? It's like I have. So I didn't great. think it was like killer, so I have to know why. I thought it was so great. Really? Okay. Maybe it's because you have that the other singer there. And that, it's just it's I like how the voice go together, yeah. It's making it even better. Uh-huh. Which I like the be careful song. I like but I think if it was just performance alone, that would be my favorite song. Mm, yeah, I think just because I can't for sure put anything ab- above it. Yeah, I think I'm going to stay with Press. I really do like Press. I love uh, the courtroom scenes in the music video. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I was like, ooh, she acted. And you know, it reminds me of Testify. Oh, motherfucking Testify, Common. <laughs> That's shit. The queen pin. Mm. Oh, speaking of, that could be my quick media. There's a common song that doesn't get a lot of love, but it's a slow, melancholy-esque song about, you know, wanting a past relationship, a past partner that you can't really have that's moved on. Um, and it's called I'm With You, um, but it's by Common. Uh, and the funny thing is, is that I had only heard slash known slash wanted to listen to the song because uh, Alicia Keys was in the video. And this was back in the day when anything Alicia was in, I was on it you in a heartbeat. Her. So, yeah, she's in the comedy video for I Want You. I think it's a I think this is also around smoking aces time so that they were in the same movie together. They were in the same music video together, whatever. So it's just a nice little song. Um, it's not a regular common song, I think. And I'm not a big common fan. Like I'm a fan of common, like as an actor and as a person, he seems okay. But I think I only listen to about six of his songs, and this is just one of them. So it's a nice little, nice little slow little song. There was an era where I was listening to Testify a lot, and I was listening to Eric Badu a lot, and he was in Love of My Life. Mm-hmm. So for a while, I kind of got into Common, but I do not really remember any of the songs I liked. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just like a, a weird, like all the stars aligned. So I was that like, was your like, man, a hundred grand, but you didn't know too much about him. <laughs> yeah, but Testify is such a good song, mm. such a good music video. It, it man, the thing is, is that the music video. I would say the song is a B, but the music video turns it to A plus plus. I always think of that music video when I'm carrying a basket of laundry because that's like in the music video. That's I think about it whenever I have a cigarette in my hand. Oh, yes. I don't smoke. I don't smoke. It's you liar. Light that bitch up. It walks away. Oh, if you guys have not seen Testify music video, do yourself a favor. Ooh, and this is pre-Empire Taraji. You know she was grinding. 
I love Tarasi. I do have an email from Trisha, so we can move on to that. Tell me more. Tell me more. She says, hey, Jose and Katrina. Just writing to give some praise and share my media. Katrina shared a media some time ago that I recently decided to give a try. The song recommendation was Painting Pictures by Superstar Pride. Hey. This song has a very good beat and some really intense lyrics. Like Katrina has mentioned before, again, Katrina mentioned that Superstar Pride was charged with first-degree murder. And if you wonder, and you wonder if it's appropriate to listen to the song or not, <laughs> which <laughs> I think you said. <laughs> I also want to share some thoughts on subjects you guys could cover based on them being mentioned in previous episodes. Julia Chen's husband, which is definitely on the list. Uh-huh. Julie, too. No, I just I just know she had beef for Leia, so. <laughs> the lady from That 70 Show who covered for Danny Masterson. Fuck her! Which one is she talking about? I was trying to think earlier. It's talking about Laura Prepod. You oh. talking about Danny? Are you there for Danny? See, I have such a soft spot for Laura. Fuck and Laura and her pre and her pawns. And Irv Gotti. Which I want to cover him, too. <laughs> Don't say it. Say what? Irv Gotti. I did. Irv Gotti. I said it. No, what's associated with him? I, I don't know. I don't. You're I'm not in the record. You're supposed to say murder. murder. <laughs> <laughs> I was fighting it. Give the people what they want. Ugh, murder Inc. I love it. That's. <laughs> that's I was fighting down the feelings because, you know, I, I have feelings there. Murder Inc. That era just brings up something for me. I don't know if it was a childhood or what. Okay, I'm done. Love you. Bye. Love thank you, too. Thank you for the media, even though it was kind of Katrina's recycled one. But <laughs> First and- of all, she gave you props. <laughs> oh, we've heard me. I can't get one song by a killer. <laughs> Speaking of Murder, Inc., this would be my media. Um, Ashanti song... I heard three best songs. It'll just be Ashanti. Okay. Foolish, I love. Mm-hmm. Because you got the good fellas theme going in the music video. And then you have The Way That I Love You, I think that's what it's called. Oh, that's a good that, that's a good one. That's a great one. You know, and a bathtub after murdering someone. Thank you. I was just about to say that's another video that needs to be watched. And then Brain on Me is probably my favorite. And there is a scene in that music video where she's on the red carpet and everyone's like smiling and happy for her. And then he's just there standing. And he's so angry. That's me, the angry guy. <laughs> <laughs> you You're just walking down the red carpet. Everyone can him. No. Oh my God. Those are some of her best songs. I'm telling you, now I was just about to say, Oh, aren't Nelly and Ashanti so cute getting back together? But then I'm like, were they not together during these this period of time? And she was writing some fantastic heartbreak songs. Oh, so, that is true. What the fuck was Nelly doing to her? Maybe I should <laughs> be back together. Because, yeah, the songs were great. But y'all, you put my, my girl through rain on me, the way that I love you, and Foolish? Maybe not Foolish. That was her first album. They didn't know each other then. Rain on me is such a beautiful song. Crazy music video. She does. The thing is, is that now that we've said it, she does good music videos. Honestly, she does. Even her first single, "Happy," 
it's like so light and cute. And she got all these bad, like her family and her background people in there. It's like Ashanti is lo low key doing good music videos. They're not like Missy Elliott level, but like people should be talking about that. I think Ashanti's tell a story. Yes, it really does. Yeah, it's it's very story driven. Yeah. Oh, every I think time that at the end at the end of Foolish when she's about to leave and she's like something's holding me back and he comes to the door I'm like damn it Ashanti. <laughs> there go mine, Mister Mine. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Mine decided to die, but I will say out of all three of those songs, if I had to pick one. And I have to include the video because I love it so much. I would have to say, oh, Rain on Me is a classic. It's a rain classic. on Me is so beautiful, so sad. I, When the rain comes, I just play that song and I look out my window. Mm. Oh, an upbeat, a upbeatish one that I, I feel like doesn't get a lot of recognition is Only You. That's a good Ashanti song. But that's like, um, like a more of like a club like dance song than like depressed about love. <laughs> I love always on time. Of course you do. I mean, everyone did it growing up. And I really loved it's with fat Joe. What's love. I kind of actually love what's love better. I love that song, but I could never say it because growing up people called me Joe or Jojo. So of course they called me fat Joe. <gasps> Those bastards. I mean, I gave it out just as rough, so I had to take it. I can see that. I can see uh -huh. that. So that was tame with by the things I said. I was gonna say may maybe you got what you deserved. <laughs> I got humbled a little. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I needed that. I needed that. Be humble. Uh-huh. But well, thank you guys so much for listening. Do you have any other medias you want to discuss? Nope, that's what I was just about to say. He was about to wrap it up. When I said that, I kind of did like that old classic Nikki pose. <laughs> I'm glad this isn't a video podcast. Um, Man, we might be popular. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I move around way too much. Um, thank yeah. you so much for listening, guys. Please write us in your media, your suggestions. Yes, thank yes. Thank you, Trisha, for doing both this time. Yes. If you want, you can email us at saveyourstory at gmail.com. And our Instagram is saveyourstory, spelled just like the podcast. And we'll be back shortly. Next week. Shortly. <laughs> Sooner <laughs> than you think. Sooner than you think. You'll be like, you just left. What are you doing back already? I'm yeah. like, oh, just missed you. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. It's been wonderful. Bye. See you. <laughs>